the Something Else Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Something Else Podcast. I'm currently sitting at my computer desk in my dining area looking out my window. And what do you know? It's snowing. I can't believe it. We've had a bit of flurry. I mean, if you're from, like, you know, England, you'll know that we have the most shocking weather. It can be sunny, then it can rain. It can be winter, and then it can rain some more. The one thing you're guaranteed is we'll always have rain. But um, as I'm staring out my window, I can see that it's clearly snowing. Anyway, this episode, it's all about looking how media, how, you know, like movies and television, music and games can affect us. Not just children, but generally, how does it affect the brain? So um, I've got some articles. Um, I think the oldest one's from about 2017. So they're a little bit out of date, but they're still quite valid. The first one we're going to look at, because I love me movies... I like television, I like everything about it. I mean, I'm not a bookworm, you know, that's very evident. But I do like movies and I've always found it quite interesting how something that I find quite positive can affect people in different ways, really. So I've got some articles here. I'm just going to have a look. So, it, Oh, this one was from uh, December 2019, so it's not that old, really. Um, a lot of these are based on, like, American audiences, which is annoying. And I've still got a little bit of a cold, just in case you're wondering why I keep sniffing. There's a little, uh, what is it, ASMR or whatever it is. So, uh, where was it? So, they've kind of put this in um, different areas. So, the first one is movies inspire us. So, I'll, I'll summarise it so I'm not talking for bloody ages. But they say that... Um, oh, God bloody tablet, um, good movies will entertain, educate and inspire the viewers in many ways. Uh, think of the impact that songs have on people. For example, they make us think. They make us compassionate. They inspire us to help others and to do good for humanity. Now, I, I definitely get inspired. I mean, I've always wanted to make like a short movie. I've got loads of ideas for movies, but I never write them down. But I do, I do like how movies can captivate Especially on a visual basis, you know what I mean? But the thing is, it, it, I guess it's like music, how you've got different genres that are very stereotypical. You know, like, if, if you listen to heavy metal, you worship the devil. And if you listen to rap music, you belong in a gang. That sort of thing. But I find with movies, for instance, I really like, um, like, thrillers or comedies, you know. I really love that sort of thing, or like, sci-fi movies. Whereas my wife, she'll really like rom-coms, um dramas periodic is it period or periodic films and stuff so like was it um like Downton Abbey she likes that sort of thing like period dramas and I find different movies can inspire you in different ways and kind of help you develop in a way so like rom not rom-coms but romances they generally kind of show different aspects of love and compassion and all that then you've got some like action movies, which make you just... I don't know about anyone else, but whenever I watch an action movie, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to go and jump off a building with a tiger on my back and somersault into a car. The one thing I, I do like, I mean, if you ask anyone, especially my dad, he'll tell you that when I watch a film or something, I look too far into it. I mean, I am analysing the film from the moment I pull it on to the moment it ends. And the second point that this... What website was it? This study, yourstories.com. Yeah, so if you want to check it out, go on yourstories.com. The second point they raise, I, I, I do see, like, I, I, 
I do this. So um, it says movies can create awareness on multiple aspects of life. Now, if you watch something like, probably not the best example, but if you watch something like Richie Rich. Now, I was watching this a couple of weeks ago. I was scrolling through, um, I can't remember if it was Prime or Netflix. I just wanted something to watch. And it was there and I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't watched this film in a long time. So I pull it on and it's a terrible film. But it was, there's, there's a part where Richie Rich wants to go and play baseball with, you know, I don't want to say normal, but we say your typical average kids that didn't live in a haunted mansion. For any 90s kids, you'll get that reference. What what I like is it shows you like this, you know, a kid who's completely loaded, who doesn't need anything. But the one thing he's always wanted was someone to play with. He wanted friends. Yes, he's got his science teacher, dude, professor man. He's got everything he could ever want, but he doesn't have the friends. Whereas the children he plays with, they've, they've got the friends, but they don't have the money or everything they've ever wanted. So when... They, I think it's when they go to Richie Rich's mansion, they're just kind of like, whoa, you've got everything. And it really shows you, like, the differences that life can give to different people, really. Um, what's the other film? Slumdog Millionaire. You know, I'm not a fan of the actual millionaire show, you know, who wants to be a millionaire. But if you, it kind of gives you an insight of what happens, you know, like, um, I, I can't remember the film that greatly, but there's a part where there's a guy who basically, I think he has the orphans or children that are homeless, and like, he, he basically blinds them so they have to beg for money or something like that. And it just really makes you think, holy crap, is that actually going on in the world? And it does show you different aspects of life. Um, a completely like left field comparison. Um, stuff like, I'm not a fan of Avatar. I'm just going to say that now. Because it's a great movie, visually, probably one of the best I've ever seen. But it's literally Fern Gully. Fern Gully is the don of all kind of uh, politically environmental awesomeness. So they share the same thing. Uh, Fern Gully is all about deforestation, essentially taking all the trees down from a forest. Whereas um, Avatar, it's about going to different places to find new sources of sustainability and all that. But the thing that they both share, it's going into a different way of life. So they, in both films, they both live from Mother Nature. And then it shows you man doing what man does best and destroy. And even though they're both based on uh, fictional characters, fictional lives, it's still relevant, you know what I mean? Um, what's the next one? Movies mirror culture. Every movie is set and developed in a particular culture, um, which is true. Um like the attitudes, the beliefs, the strengths, you know, it's all down to from real life because it, like I said before, it inspires you. So you're going to make something. Movie, movies, <laughs> uh, movies can shape culture. Besides mirroring our diverse cultures, the films have, uh, has for a long time been shaping beliefs and values. I mean, there, there are a ton of films like that. Like, um, I, I think it goes down to raising awareness when you look at it. Um, uh, what's the films like? I, I really love Hurricane Carter, the uh, Reuben Carter, sorry, the boxer from the 60s, I want to say, the 50s or 60s. Um, he basically got put in prison for a crime he didn't commit, all down to the fact that he was black and the guy that drove, uh, who killed these people was black and they both drove the same car. The fact that like there were so many witnesses that were like, yeah, he wasn't there, but he was in prison for ages and they made a film about it and it really did raise awareness about racial stereotypes, profiling, and Bob Dylan did a bloody song about it. Um, 
uh, which goes on to my next point, movies teach us history, which they do. Sometimes not accurately, I will admit. But um, sometimes it is horrifically real. Like, you know, the, the countless wars about Vietnam. Obviously, there's lots of movies about um, very big characters in life. I don't say characters, like figures in life, like Gandhi, uh, Malcolm X, um, Diana. You know, there's so many different characters through... I keep saying characters, so many figures throughout life's or Earth's history, our, you know, our history. And they, you know, we will never know the full details of them. But then the movies teach us that history. You know what I mean? Um, I'll, I'll read one of the examples here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I've got this page just to kind of give me like lines, really. I'm not going to read it straight from like off the website. Um... It says here, uh, a good example is the Vietnam War movies that explain what transpired back in the day and how today's generation to appreciate the significances of the war, both positive and negative. And, you know, what, what was that? Um, was it 1917? Like, apparently that's one of the most, like, accurate representations of war. I mean, Saving Private Ryan, though it was a bit far-fetched in some areas, that's quite realistic when you look at it. Um, the one part that always sticks out in my head is where... Uh, I can't remember the character's names, but he's there's a young kid and he basically acts like send letters or something. He's always carrying a typewriter around. He's really like dittery and we shouldn't be in the war. And there's a part where he's carrying on the staircase holding a rifle while a German basically slowly stabs one of his mates in the heart. And it shows you're just like, wow, you know what I mean? Like that kid was scared. Like he could have saved his friend, but he, he was scared. And then I think it's at the very end, he shoots the guy that did it. And it's just like, Honestly, it's scary. I mean, I, I would never want, you know, I don't want anyone to be in war. War should never be around. But that film, I think, really isolates the reality of it, especially at the beginning when there's that guy on the um the sand and he's, you know, his innards are all hanging out and he's calling for his mum. Oh, that part was nasty. Um, uh, what's this one? Number seven, Parenting Challenges. Romantic movies make sex look cool. That's the first line. I'm not even lying. Um, crime movies make lying seem calculative. So, yeah, I do see that. I mean, especially if you was... I, I grew up watching, like, um, The Water Margin. Um, basically, loads of martial arts films. Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, Van Damme. Um, action movies galore. And, obviously, you want to uh, replicate that. So, you go into... School and you pretending to be the Terminator or Kitboxer or something, but at the same time, it's and this is the main theme you're going to get from this with me. I do pull it down to parenting. I know I've just said parenting challenges, but I was raised with the morals, with the understanding of a movie is a movie. It is not real life. You know what I mean. So if I wanted to be Terminator, I couldn't go into school and beat the shit out of someone. So it was just given the understanding that it's it's only a movie, it's like with games, you know what I mean, which is what we're going to go into in a moment, but um, I feel, I, I did find it really hard to find any decent information on the pros and cons of movies, and this one seemed to kind of give me a little bit of both, where it's, I mean, I do find it is down to your understanding, but sometimes there are cases where people, like, um, is it American History X, which is all about like neo-Nazis and stuff, Obviously, there are groups like that around, and I think if you are, um, what's the word I'm looking for, susceptive, is that the word? You know, if, if you can be manipulated in such a way, 
and you think, you know what, that is, that, that's me right now. You know, you are going to think it's real, it's a way of life. But if you've got an understanding of, yeah, this isn't real, this is a film, you know, this is bad, this is good, that sort of thing. But again, it's all down to your understanding of how you've been brought up. You know, I've been brought up to know that, I don't know, running people over isn't good. It's really bad. But some people might be like, oh, all right then. So, so I ran someone over, which isn't nice, really, when you look at it that way. But <sighs> movies and TV is one of them ones. I think it's. It's kind of like what books do for people. Like it's it's taking you out of the um it's taken out of reality, isn't it? So you're into this another world. And I think that's why I like movies myself, because it does take you into a whole new universe. Like take uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've read most of the comics, so to see it now on the big screen, it's like, holy hell. And you get so invested in it. You know what I mean? I mean I love DC, but that's a diff that's a, a story for when me and my mate do the podcast. And Robert, you will be on this one. But um, I do find it's all down to the understanding. I mean, if it's something to teach you history, like a good example. Now, this is controversial, but A Clockwork Orange. I know it's a book, and then they adapted the film to it. But it was all about crimin- criminal rehabilitation. I can't say it. Rehabilitating. Rehab- you know what I mean. But basically how the government were trying different ways to rehabilitate, there's the word, criminals. And if you was to watch it, because I I did forensic science in college and we had to watch this and kind of go through it in a psychological aspect. And if people watch it for what the movie is, they'll just be horrified, you know, because there's, there's violence in there, there's rape, there's murder, you know what I mean? There's everything you don't want to see. But then it shows you how the criminal, the criminal, sorry, I can't speak today. How the criminals are reformed. Ah, there's a word, reformed. Let me just have some water. There we go. I always do these podcasts and never have water, so I just kind of lose my ability to talk. But if you if you watch the film for face value, you're just going to see loads of stuff that you shouldn't be watching. But if you actually understood the film, you'd see that it was made to you know to highlight how the government were trying different ways of rehabilitating people and it's on that level it's a good film but if you watched it for face value which let's be honest most people watch movies for face value for entertainment that's when it gets a bit like oh god all right then but we'll move on to video games because this one is quite interesting to be fair um so this one was i mean we've all seen those oh except cookies god damn you so we've all seen the articles where it's like I don't know, GTA made my son do this and do that. And I'm not disputing it. And, and I'm not mocking GTA. I love that game. I've been I've been playing GTA since it first came out. You know, I, was, I shouldn't have been playing it, granted. But I've been playing it for that long, so I remember the original. And I'm fine. All my mates that have played it, they're fine. Most of them. But, um, you know, there's been so many political figures. I, I won't name any because I can't remember their names. And it's like... Gaming is bad and this and that and this is that. But there's no solid or consistent evidence to support that. Pardon me, I burped. Um, but I, was really, I, I really enjoy reading about the positive factors that gaming's had. So like I said, a lot of these articles I'm reading are based in America. They are a bigger gaming nation than we are. 
But uh, this one's called Video Games and the Brain Changes. Like, how, how the br brain changes. But before that, it says, Decades of research examining video games and violence have failed to reach... Uh, cons I can't speak today. Basically, they haven't found any scientific proof. Um, where is it gone? So basically, they're saying there's no real links to show that video games have made people violent. So let's have a look. Um... Scientists have recently collected and summarized results of 116 scientific studies to determine how video games can influence our brains and behavior. Um, results of the studies indicate that playing video games not only changes how our brains perform, but also their structure, so that's pretty cool. Um, for example, video games use video game use is known to affect attention, obviously. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, what a lot of these articles do highlight is how video games have helped people with decision making um for anyone listening if you've ever heard of telltales they make well did make some of the best games ever because it was all about choice um one of the best ones was the walking dead series um by tale seriously what's wrong with my speaking today by telltale and um what it did was it was you'll be talking to one of the characters and it'll give you four options but there'll be like um a timer that would decrease really quick and you had to make a choice sometimes it was a good choice sometimes it was a bad choice but your choices had consequences sometimes good sometimes bad but it was really good because you're kind of put in that situation you're like oh god i've got to i've got to decide like there's one where you have to decide who to save in in this one i think you're in like a, a boarded up shop or something and zombies break in and you've got to decide who to save because two people are being attacked and it's like I remember I was playing. You've got this one guy who has been with you since you first start moving in this game. He's a bit of a dick. And then you've got this um, woman who... She's a bit shifty, but she's a mean shot with a gun. And it was like, fuck, who do I choose? So I chose her because she's good with a gun. And it, it does make you... Um, it, it does give you... Uh, kind of... Makes you analyse the situation a bit quicker. Um, what's it say here... Evidence also demonstrates that playing video games increases the size and competence of parts of the brain responsible for visuo-partial skills, a person's ability to identify visual and uh, sp spatial relationships among objects. I Again, I apologize for incorrect wording. Um, obviously, it does go on and talk about people that are like addicted to gaming so research has discovered that video games can be addictive a phenomenon called internet gaming disorder however that i don't know why i said however but if you look at it as a whole because of how quick esports has not how big uh, how quick but how much it's taken over now um i was i was reading in the news the other day that this top gamer who did like um i think it's call of duty he's had to retire at the age of 25 because of a thumb injury you know what i mean <laughs> And the money's good in gaming, let's be honest. You know, you watch these Fortnite tournaments and they're making like 30 grand. 30 grand for playing a bloody game. But, you know, it's it's one of them ones. This does touch on, are brain training games beneficial? Um, this is mainly aimed at the older generation. Um, there's very little evidence to support it, that it improves the life in a meaning way. But um, they were doing like... People are increasingly under the impression that brain training apps 
uh, will safeguard them against memory loss or cognitive disorders. Again, there's no real proof of it because it, it, it's common knowledge. When you grow up or grow old even, you lose your cells, you know what I mean? You are going to be degrading. So to hold on to him, you're bloody lucky. Um, da, 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 where is it? Uh, it's possible to train people to become very good at tasks that you would normally consider general working memory tasks. Memorizing 78 or even 100 digits, explains Neil Chasness, um, professor of psychology and the leading authority on aging and cognition. But these skills tend to be very specific and not show a lot of trans uh, transfer. The things that seniors in particular should be concerned about is if I can get very good at a crossword puzzle, is that going to help me remember where my keys are? The answer is probably not. So it's, it is one of them ones. It's yes, they'll help you remember stuff like, oh, I can remember if you've ever played that bloody brain training game on the DS where you have to remember 30 words. It's that sort of thing. It, you know, it'll help you remember a sequence, I guess, but it won't help you remember an, an actual thought like where you put your keys. Um, video game boost memory loss. This is another title. In contrast, a study published in Nature found that through the use of specially designed 3D video games, cognitive performance could be improved in older adults and some of the adverse effects on the brain associated with aging. Um, after 12 hours of training over the period of a month, uh, study participants aged between 60 and 85 years improved performance on the game that surpassed that of the individuals in their 20s playing the game for the first time. Moreover, yeah, moreover, two other significant cognitive areas were improved, working memory and sustained attention. These skills were maintained six months after completing of their training. Now, I, I don't... I'm going to assume a lot of the listeners, so myself, ha, <laughs> But I'm going to assume a lot of people listening to this maybe aren't gamers. But um, on YouTube, I don't think she does it anymore just because there was a lot of mean people and a lot of trolls. But there was this 80-something lady who was playing Skyrim. Now, I love Skyrim. It's a bloody good game. It's an Elder Scrolls um, game. And it's essentially just an open-world adventure game. And you take um, the role of kind of whatever character you want. I always become a Nord because they're strong as hell. And I wish I had hair. Anyway. And basically, you know, there's a lot of decision making. There's a lot of quests and you've got to go back and forth and do puzzles. And this woman was bloody brilliant at it. But she did for some reason start getting a lot of hate. You know what I mean? Because she's old. Now, I know very, very well that when I'm 86 or whatever, I'm still going to be playing some of my GameCube games. That's a fact. But it is awesome to see how it can increase the, um, what did it say, the memory, yeah, and the attention. Like, you know, I, when my nan was alive, I talked to her and she'd switch off and talk about something else. I'm like, oh, thanks, nan. You know what I mean? But then, because I guess it's, you get to a, I, I, I'm, I'm only kind of guessing, but I guess when you get to a certain age, there isn't much you can do, you know what I mean? Um, like, whatever the retirement age will be when I'm older, it, it seems like there's nothing left for them. Like, you've got to go and do something yourself. Get a hobby. Whereas gaming, there's so much you can do with it. Not just playing games, but you can... The community, I find, overall, is really positive. You know, I've started doing streams now on Twitch. And the support is really good. And I find that there's a guy I watch. I can't remember his name now. But he's, he's, he's an older bloke. And he plays Minecraft. And it's brilliant. 
And I think what it does is, as this thing, like said, it the attention's strange, like not strange, but significantly increased. And the uh, where is it? I've lost it. And and the memory, like if you use something like Minecraft, you you know you learn how to build and construct, and you've got to remember how much you need. You play something like Skyrim, same thing. You've got to learn how to, you know, craft for a start, and you remember it. Um, like I mean, I love Fallout, which is an awesome theory. I need to go through it at some point. But Fallout, um, it's the same um makers of the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. But you have to learn how to repair your weapons, how to craft food so you don't die in the uh, wastelands, that sort of thing. It's brilliant. And again, it goes back to being kind of lost in that fantasy, I guess. Like a lot of games out there that I play, you know, even though you've got the protagonist in front of you, you've got your character. Like if you play Resident Evil, you've got, uh, depending on which one you play, you've got Chris, Jill, Claire, Leon, that sort of thing. But you don't see them. You, you see you. Like, if you read a book, you are that character. And that's what it's kind of like with gaming, especially. It's, it's in 2021, obviously, because the games are absolutely insane now. Um, I'm just trying to find something else on this one. It says here, There is evidence to suggest video games may be a viable treatment for depression and improved memory and mood in adults with mild cognitive impairment. Now, I spoke about this in the mental health episode, like I, you know, I did get down like really bad, it, it, you know, anxiety, especially with COVID and everything really tackled me. And I found, uh, that's why I went to Twitch, really, let me just have a drink. And I find that playing games, it is kind of, like I said before, it takes you away from real life. I mean, the last thing you want to do is come back to the real life if it's really that bad. But gaming is a, you know, it takes you away, doesn't it? Even if you're not a gamer, there will be something for you to take away. To, to you know, to, to that haven of yours. But, um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go from gaming and I'm going to go to, um, music. Because I found a really good one. Now this is, uh, when was this written? This was written in 2018. Um, but just to summarize on gaming. I, I still pull it down to mostly knowing what's right and what's wrong and understanding that games are games, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, you see loads of videos, like loads of memes on the internet and it's, you know, rage quitting where gamers just get absolutely pissed off and they destroy their computers and you're like, why are you doing that, man? And I think for me, it's just knowing it's a game. Obviously, if you're doing it for like a sport or a tournament, or you, that's where you get your your living from, that's where you get your money. Yeah, I'll be pissed off if I lost a game, but I wouldn't go to the extremes these guys do. So it's it's just knowing when to stop because you know if I cocked up at my job, I can't go smashing stuff. You know what I mean? Because it wouldn't be professional, and I think that's lost in the gaming thing because it's still I, I I'd say it's still not seen as professional. Um, it, it's 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 just someone playing games, isn't it? You know what I mean? But um, I want to move on to music because this is my favorite thing ever. Now, this one is looking more at the positivity because I find music does generally, like gaming, get a bad stick. So this one's saying, uh, music has been scientifically proven to have a powerful effect on the brain. Um, 
in recent times it shows that music can help in many aspects of the brain including pain reduction stress relief memory and brain injuries <clears throat> excuse me so pain reduction so this this is actually something um, said by billy joel um, the piano man i think music itself is healing it's an explosive expression of humanity it's something we are all touched by no matter what culture we're from everyone loves music and i will have to agree there like I've said before, I'm a metalhead, I'm a rocker, I love big music. And me and my cousin, I said this before in the previous ones, we've just made a track together for the first time. Um, you know, we, we've jammed a couple of times, gone to rehearsals, but this is the first time we've actually made a song together. Now I wrote the lyrics, I sang them, and he put the music to it. But at the same time, it's the fact that someone who, I mean, my cousin's, he, he listens to rock and everything. Sam, I hope you, you know, don't mind me saying, but he, he you know, he listens to. I'm not going to say real music. Like he's, he listens to music I would listen to, but he's gone into a different genre now. He, he's found his music. He's no longer trying to <clears throat> impress anyone with what he listens to, and I'm chuffed about it. But it's really cool because you can see the passion he has for his, and you can see the passion I have for mine, and we've merged it. And like Billy Joel says, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, we all love music. You know, and basically music music moves you. And if you can be moved, it's music. Um, I definitely agree with stress relief. Um, but this one is what really hassled me because they were saying, you know, it depends on what music you listen to can relieve stress. And this is where I get really annoyed because typically rap and metal is always seen as like the worst now, back in the, I think it was the mid to late 80s, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd have to find the actual article, or you can have a look for yourself, but there was a big, like, like law case going on with metal, particularly death metal, hang on, and uh, rap, and that's why if you listen to, like, Ice-T, he loves metal, especially death metal, because they were in it together. All because loads of people are saying, oh, it's corrupting my children, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, especially in the 80s, <clears throat> like late 80s, early 90s, it was all, you know, rap was epic back then, let's be honest. I mean, if you compare, like, Ice-T to, oh, I don't know, Little Pump, whatever his stupid-ass name is, you can see who's going to win, let's be honest, musically, because back then, yeah, it might have, they might have been talking about, you know, the hood and all that crap. But you believed it and you can imagine them it you know you can imagine them being there because that's where they came from whereas nowadays i can't believe what they're singing or rapping about because honestly it's a load, it's a load of bollocks like especially if i mean i'll go on to this another time but what's her name um cardi b in that bloody um is it wap song like seriously you know what i mean i i get where she's coming from she sings what she wants to sing but she won't sing it in front of the kids or anything fucking kids playing your music but anyway that's a different topic but it was back in whatever time it was late 80s early 90s these you know rap and heavy uh, death metal was being targeted and kind of got proven to not have any effect of what was being said um there are cases where i mean being into metal and everything i only know these cases didn't really research this part properly but there was a case where i can't remember their names but Judas Priest, the heavy metal band, two kids went into a church, um, like playground, high as hell, um, took a shotgun and tried to kill themselves as like a suicide pact. Um, the one kid 
completely annihilated. Like they used a shotgun and he blew his brains out essentially. And because his blood was on the gun, when the other kid went to do it, as he pulled the trigger, it slipped and he blew his face off. I mean, he, he's died now as well. But they were saying that Judas Priest basically was saying, kill yourself. And I can't remember the song in particular, but if you actually listen to it, Rob Halford, the singer, he even went into court and sang it. And they're like, yeah, there's no mentioning of that. Um, I was talking to my guitarist, Bruce, about this one. Um, ACDC's Night Prowler. Now, a kid went out and I, th- I think he killed someone or he killed himself. And they'd found his hat that had ACDC on and the album he was listening to on on the on his record player and it was listening to Night Prowler and they were saying how it's encouraging people like to go out and you know rape and murder and the actual song's just about this guy that goes out at night and nicks girls well nicks women's pants off the line you know what I mean and I think it's because of how it's coming across if you listen to that song it is a pretty eerie song but it's there's no real significant evidence to suggest you know, that music can do that. And this is what I was getting at with stress relief. It's always said that it's classical, classical stress relief. And it's not. It says here, um, where is it? Oh, I've lost it. So basically, it's it saying that whatever music you enjoy is what will relax you. So if you listen to country and to go to bed, you listen to some R&B you're not going to enjoy it. But if you went to bed listening to your country music, you're going to feel relaxed. Like, my wife finds it weird how I can go to bed listening to, like, Cannibal Corpse or Napalm Death and fall asleep. And I'm like, because it's what soothes me. It's what I've... Not necessarily what I grew up listening to, but it's what I enjoy. Um, And that, that's what this is aiming at. Basically listen to what you want to listen to because it's what relaxes you. And they've, you know, they've done the test where they put the the old, um, like, pads on someone's head to monitor brain activity. I can't remember the name. And it shows you, like, how different music affects them. And they can see, like, the stress levels drop. Um, th- This one I thought was cool um, about seizures, brain injury, and strokes. Um, it has been reported that the brains of patients with epilepsy respond differently to music than people who do not have epilepsy. Um, persons with epilepsy synchronize before a seizure. Uh, however, in our studies, patients with epilepsy synchronized to the music without having a seizure. Um, I'm not sure what that means. But basically that they felt relaxed, so they, I guess the seizures didn't happen. Stroke patients who listened to music in the early stages after a stroke showed an improvement in recovery according to a 2008 study. Um, uh, this Tepo Sakamo, I've pronounced that badly suggested that patients started listening to music soon after the stroke as many changes occurred during the first weeks and months of recovery. We found that three months after the stroke, verbal memory improved from the first week post-stroke by 60%. That's amazing. Um, I mean, it, it is cool how music can affect in a positive way. Um, This one, the, the next article, this one is kind of mostly affected teenagers because that's generally who gets a bad rep for the music um so this one's talking about like the influence of music videos and various studies have proved that adolescents um teenage males particularly 
who watch a lot of hip-hop, rap, heavy metal or hard rock music videos featuring violent acts, sex or substance use are more likely to behave hostile towards their peers, to treat women more aggressively and take aggression or aggressive behaviour positively in general. Um, the genre showing much what the genre showing much violence and having most explicit language is rap music really as stated in a study teens 14 to 18 who watch hardcore videos for 14 plus hours a week were found three times more likely to get into a fight with the teacher two to five times more likely to find themselves under arrest um drug use sexual transmitted yeah it is Again, I pull it down to how influenced are you and how much do you understand things like that. Like, I'll use Napalm Death. Now, they're a band from Birmingham and, you know, they're very political and they play what they want to play. Um, I've saw them live a couple of times and, you know, if if, <laughs> if you can understand the lyrics, you, you can see why they are very, very loved, to be honest, because they sing about or play music about what's happening around the world. And it's I used to do mosh pits, but I'm too bloody old now, and I wear glasses. You know, not that that's an excuse, but it was like the way music makes you feel. You know, inside, I guess it's going to have an impact on how you express it externally. And a lot of the times in mosh pits, you know, it's all like if you've ever seen a mosh pit, you know what I'm talking about. But there's some people that are like swinging their fists, and I'm like, what in the hell, man? You know what I mean? And it's I used to see it a lot in um, Birmingham City Centre, um, Pigeon Park. If you're ever gonna, if you ever go to Brum, if you're not from um, England, that is all Birmingham. Go to Pigeon Park. But back in the day, there used to be, you know, I I use their their groups' names. There used to be loads of skaters and goths. I ain't got a problem with that. I do find it a little bit disrespectful sitting on people's tombs, and you know, on, on their uh, tombstones. That's where I get a bit offended. But for the most part, they were sound groups. You know, you could walk through, no, no hassle. But for some reason, like, all it took is for another group, you know, what one shall I look for? I know, chavs, because they're a nuisance. And it, straight away, there's aggro, you know what I mean? All because they look different, they listen to different music. And I think it's down to the understanding, you know what I mean? I understand your mind's better than yours, blah, 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 blah. And I learned this really quick when I went to college. Like, I was very much into hard rock, mostly. So, like, the heaviest thing I'd listen to was probably, like, Thin Lizzy at one point. And then when I got onto, like, um, more heavy metal, like Iron Maiden sort of kind of thing, it really opened my eyes up to, you know what, music is all about what you like. It It's your interest. It doesn't... You don't have to fit in a group or anything. And this is what I find really odd about this. Yes, it does impact. I won't lie. It does impact, especially the younger children. But I still say it's all down to the fact that it's exposing them to it and making them realise it. Like, uh, my little boy's, what, two and three months now? And I listen to a lot of heavy metal. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm always playing the guitar. So he gets his guitar, we all have a little jam. He still goes and sings Baby Shark because he knows that's what he's into. He only plays the guitar with me because that's, you know, it's what I do. He knows that's what I enjoy. And I find, especially with music videos, I mean... I don't really watch an awful lot of music videos, but I generally find, <laughs> like, I, I use a band, Ailstorm. They're pirates, Scottish folk power metal, come on. And, and their music videos are quite funny, let's be honest. Like, originally they were quite serious, because they're pirates, yar. 
But then a lot of their music videos now are just hilarious because they're, they're doing it for them. And I find with music now, people are doing it because, you know, I could be wrong, but I just don't feel like artists now are doing the music for themselves. They're doing it because they need, you know, their label saying, oh, we need this, we need that. So they write lyrics for what needs to be heard, for what people want. They don't write what they want to write. And that's more of an influence because it's kind of like a lie, isn't it? It's like with the with the media, with COVID. They're saying what they know people are going to want to hear, like how many people have died, how many people are ill, how bad is it? And they're just going to amplify it and exaggerate it. Bloody annoying. Um, uh, it says here, um, most often teens choose that kind of... Uh, basically, they choose music to reflect their mood. Now, again, that that's awesome. But, you know, I listen to heavy metal. I listen to death metal. Let's be honest, it generally sounds the same, very aggressive, very loud. You know what I mean? You'd never know how I feel if you, if I played you a song. <clears throat> For instance, um, there's an album, it's called Live Cannibalism by Cannibal Corpse. Yes, it sounds horrendous, the lyrics are. But the one song, and it's called um, Unleashing the Bloodthirsty, and it's got a killer riff in it. It's like proper, like, I know, the groove of what they've made absolutely love it but you would never know that you know if you was to play that you'll think i'm really pissed off and i'm not and i think it's it's my dad's always said it especially i'm, I'm going off topic here but my dad's always said the uh, this one thing in the perfect way um it's interpretation it's like the bible if you look at the bible it's essentially stories put in one book and you will always interpret it differently and i think really that's what i find with films tv music gaming it's interpretation and i find that music's one of those ones where i will always interpret it different to someone else obviously with my interests my likes blah 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 gaming it's just an escape from reality um i know it's not real but some people don't some people get so invested in it it is real it's their life like fortnite and all these tournaments and i find I guess it's just giving people the understanding, especially the younger generation. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I've um, so I think on all of these bloody podcasts now, I've moaned about was it little pump and tippy red or whatever the hell they are, and you know, multicolored hair, weird freaking teeth and tattoos. And I find that they just portray the wrong image. Like that little pump guy, he did a song with Kanye West. And they're in some weird big bodysuit thing. And like, I'm pretty sure it's just explicit language one after another. There's a no end. You know what I mean? It's like a, a good song was when the Biggie Duets came out. And he does a song called Hold Your Head where it's got Bob Marley in it. And pretty much if you play the clean version, it's just a series of beeps. Because not necessarily swearing, but it's the subject matter. You know what I mean? And I think it's when younger children or younger people are then listening to all this music, especially with the new generation stuff, it is just explicit stuff one after another. And you're just like, really? Is that all you're going to sing about? You know, and I find that the quality of what's being played drops significantly. But, you know, I mean, I've just kind of gone from one thing to another there. But I just thought, you know, get your opinion, really. What, What do you think? Do you think that music games movies that sort of thing do you think they are 
well, like how how do they impact really is it negative is it positive that sort of thing um i i firmly believe it's all down to the person and their understanding of what it is um i am a massive music lover so i will always find a more personal bond a more intimate bond with music you know what i mean it's like they're singing about me so you do get invested and you do think it's real but it's yeah i'd i'd love to know what you guys think um There'll be all my links and everything in this, um, in the description or the bio of this podcast. So honestly, l- let me know what you guys think. Uh, let me know how music affects yourself, um, mu- movies and games and all that. Um, if you've had any experiences where it's been negative or positive, you, just let me know. But for that one, I'm going to end the podcast. I will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.